3: Mic check one two one two mic check one two one two inside the eight o'clock hour on the fan your nighttime host Keith McPherson talking about Daniel Jones I feel like uh we have to just like Talk about him in the right way Especially in New York where The outside world is talking down on Daniel Jones, like he doesn't deserve the contract that he just got, like the Giants overpaid, and like this has anything to do with Lamar Jackson's situation. Uh, It doesn't. It has nothing to do with it, in my opinion. This is the Giants locking up their guy that they drafted, that they put to the test. He passed with flying colors, and they are building something here. And a lot of that goes through Daniel Jones. So you you also didn't want this to go all these other ways, right? You didn't want this to get to a point where, like, Daniel Jones doesn't even seem like the personality where this would happen. But you didn't want this to get to a point where, uh, you know, things went bad, where it got negative, where there were hard feelings, right? I, I think they played this negotiation well. I, I'm looking at Joe Shane and, and Brian Dable and what they're doing for the Giants, and I think every Giants fan has to be happy about where you are today versus where you were a year, two years, three years ago. And I think I was listening to Sal last night when Sal started, and he was talking about, you know, if I would have told you this time last year that Daniel Jones would be signing for $160 million, I I wanted to, to text him or call him, like, Sal, come on, you can't do that. This time last year, nobody would have known that Daniel Jones was going to lead them to the playoffs, and win a playoff game. There's no way to know that. So, of course, no one would have said, yeah, he's worth $160 million. And whether you believe he's worth $160 million or not, he's got it. <laughs> Danny Dollars. And we were literally talking about that at the end of the season. When he went to Minnesota and bald, we said, no more Danny Dimes. Danny Dollars, he's going to get paid. And the Giants didn't let someone else pay him or take him away. And again, I will say... He's worth what they paid him to them. I don't think he would have made that much elsewhere, but it never got to that point. And the Giants didn't have to use their franchise tag on him. Ten million versus thirty-two point four million. The Giants won, and they're gonna keep winning, and they're gonna keep finding ways to win with uh, this new regime. I don't know if Dave Gettleman figures that out. <laughs> Not to drag Dave Gettleman, because like I said before, he he made some good picks. He hit on some picks that are you know foundational players. For these Giants. And now they're going to try and add talent. They're going to try and fill out this roster. And uh, I do expect Daniel Jones to take a step forward this next year. He may may have 15 touchdowns by week seven. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't know. They're going to open the offense up. They were clearly conservative last year. And Saquon Barkley carried the ball 30 times, 35 times. Like, that was their offense. And a lot of decisions go into the play calling if you don't necessarily have the trust in week one or week three or week five in your quarterback and your receiving group. They were doing their best to win games, and they won games close. You know how you win games close? You don't make a lot of mistakes. You know how you don't make a lot of mistakes? You don't take a lot of chances. You play defense, you move the ball enough, you eat the clock, you score when you can, and... uh I think next year you'll see more of an explosive offense. I think next year you'll see more of the Giants asking Daniel Jones to get them in the end zone, to drive them downfield, to take more chances because he's being paid like a quarterback that's supposed to be able to do that. And uh, going into you know the 2023 season, he'll be another year older, another year in the league, and this is a guy that doesn't take a day off. That's the type of guy you pay. That's the type of guy you overpay because you know what you're getting from that guy. Meanwhile, there's other guys in every other sport that are just clowns or just despicable, and they get all the money in the world, and no one says anything about it. I'm happy for Daniel Jones. I'm happy for that young man. Let's go to Dave in New London, Connecticut. Hello, Dave. All right, Keith. How you doing, buddy? Great show. Thanks, man. I'm good. In here watching the uh, Dallas Mavericks-Pelicans game. Going to talk some Yankees next.
4: Yeah, great. I just have a quick couple points here about Giants football. Mm Mm-hmm. Specifically, Daniel Jones. The mention on an earlier call about a body of work, if you actually watch the film and know what you're looking at, from the first time Daniel Jones played as a Giant, there were flashes. And last year was so obvious how coaching matters. So everything put on tape last year is a true baseline now that he's been in the league and got stabilized. Additionally, this money is almost like the leg and running component is negated. People don't understand what kind of X factor that is. Mm -hmm. Those are the two points I got. I want to hear your opinion on potential free agents that the Giants may be able to bring at wide receiver. Who do you like? Uh, And I'll listen and enjoy the rest of the show.
3: Thanks. Thanks for the call, Dave. Yeah, I I like that you you put that out there because I've been saying for weeks, all of this talk about 15 touchdowns, that was by design. And that's also when you don't have the greatest offensive line to pass protect and you also don't have receivers that are game breakers. All these other quarterbacks that throw a bunch of touchdowns, look at the the receivers they had. I I use the example of Jalen Hurts. A.J. Brown, I think, had had two games, maybe three games, where he had multiple touchdowns. This is a guy that will score three touchdowns in one game, and it isn't because Jalen Hurts is, is you know, putting the ball on him. Jalen Hurts is throwing up a 50-50 ball, and A.J. Brown is going to get it because he's A.J. Brown, who they traded for and paid top dollar. Are the Giants going to trade for a receiver and pay him top dollar? I don't know. DeAndre Hopkins is out there. Odell Beckham, Jr., what What's Odell Beckham Jr. up to? I follow Odell on IG. He seems like he's working out. He posted a video of himself running full speed, making a one-handed catch. He's on a mission to come back somewhere and do something. Maybe the Giants revisit that. I think I heard earlier someone mention Mike Gesecki. I would love to see them bring in Mike Gesecki. another tight end from the Jersey Shore, Shore Conference football stand-up, Southern Regional, Penn State. He'd be a weapon. But, yeah, Daniel Jones is a weapon. When I used to watch him and come on the fan and talk about him last season, I was saying that in this next year, if he adds a stiff arm, a juke move, some type of move when he's on the run to not take a hit full on or to you know try and throw off these defenders and not run so straight up and down, like you know Josh Allen has a stiff arm. Josh Allen will try and run you over. Josh Allen will try and shake you. Uh, if Daniel Jones develops in the offseason, he should be working with his boys say. Him and Saquon should work on some running stuff. And I know you might not want to run your $40 million quarterback as much, but it's part of their offense. That is a huge weapon. You can't defend that, right? You can account for everybody else, man to man. When Daniel Jones breaks the pocket or escapes, he's off to the races. He's a weapon in this NFL. I think people are underrating him. I think people are doubting him. And this is a guy that has been doubted his whole career. I remember watching this uh, film from the Elite 11. The Elite 11 is the quarterback camp for the best quarterbacks in the country every year. Every top quarterback you hear of goes to the Elite 11 to compete. Anthony Richardson, I just was seeing his videos. If you go to Elite 11 on Instagram, I've been following them. And one of their coaches talked about Daniel Jones, how he didn't have that many scholarship offers, how he wasn't the player that we see today. He worked Towards that. He's always working. He's a tireless worker. So the kid's just going to keep getting better. In my opinion, if I'm wrong and we're watching these games next year and Daniel Jones absolutely sucks, I'll be surprised. If I'm wrong and they don't get talent around him and he doesn't have more than 15 touchdowns, I'll I'll be surprised. But (laughs) I think these guys are too good of coaches. And uh, the Giants under this new regime – they're, they they know what they got to do. They're not going to pay Daniel Jones like the Cowboys did with Dak and then say, Up, yep, it's on you. Lead us to the promised land. You got all the money. They're going to help him. They're going to make sure that he's successful. Reggie is in Bayshore, New York. What's up, Reggie? Yo, what's so going on, Keith? Listen, I, listen to you. First of all, thank you for
5: bringing this topic up. Listen to you, it, it pains me because. Yes, Daniel Jones only had 15 touchdowns last year passing. We're forgetting about the seven touchdowns he had rushing.
3: Yep, 22, Daniel we should Jones be saying.
5: Play, yeah, the, the Daniel Jones saw play was not the Daniel Jones from yesteryear. The Daniel Jones from yesteryear would lose several of those games. We won those games, several games this year, because of Daniel Jones.
1: Yep.
5: You know, what we should be, what we should be talking about is the masterful job that Joe Shane did. I mean, talk think about this for a second. As a fan, we shouldn't be concerned about the, the the fact that how much money is spent. We should be more concerned about how does it impact the cap because that impacts our ability to find sign free agents. and what's the guaranteed money? because if he if he doesn't work out, we can cut him without any type of, uh, type, of type of cap hit. I, I think I think people are always thinking this. I think people need to realize that we have a a bird in the hand. And to, to put all our baskets and a, a, a CJ Stroud, listen, they may be great players, but we have, a, we have someone who has a diamond in the rough. We have a great leader who's doing it uh, 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 verbally as well as uh, physically, and I think we should be, we should be very appreciative of the deal we had. I mean, I think, I think I agree this was a fair deal. No one got pleased, um, and that's all I wanted to share with this. Thanks, Keith. I appreciate you, brother. Good call,
3: Reggie. I'm right there with you on all those points, man. And I'm not a Giants fan. You ain't gotta be a Giants fan to like actually like know a little bit about football. Look at the NFL, look at the landscape, look at what these quarterbacks are making, and look at what Daniel Jones got. He deserved it. He deserved it. He's a good guy. I opened up talking about like I'm rooting for all the good guys to get paid. There's so many weirdos, there's so many criminals. There's so many. we have guys like John Morant, and I and I hate to to go to him first, but he signed a max contract. 200 million dollars. He's a number 2 overall pick. Nike just launched his shoe. Gatorade just rebranded and relaunched with him as the face of their campaign. And he's in the strip club after a loss with a little uh, BB gun next to his head. I don't like I like you're never going to see Daniel Jones do anything stupid like that. There's so many other Guys that we can look at that got paid and their problems. Daniel Jones is not gonna be a problem. This guy lives at the Giants facility. That's the guy that you point to when you're building your culture, like they are right now. When they're look, they got rid of Kadarius Tony. Why? Kadarius Tony just won a Super Bowl. He's a talented player, but he seemed insubordinate. He seemed like he was not with it from the get-go. Goodbye, get out of here. We want guys that are all in, that buy in, that believe in what we're teaching here and what we're doing here. And Daniel Jones is the face of that. So we don't have a problem doing right by our guy. And they use the number six overall pick on him. Don't you want a number six overall pick to continue with your team? That's a lot of draft capital. The Jets use the number two overall pick on Zach Wilson. He, if he ends up getting the contract that Daniel Jones has, uh, I'll, I'll be surprised. I'll be very surprised. Richard is in Brooklyn next up on the fan. What's up, Rich?
0: How you doing, Keith?
3: I'm good, Again, man. I've
0: been around a long time, 65 years old, Giants fan, 50 years at least. All right? This is a young team that's only going to get better. The last couple of years with Daniel Jones, he had nobody, nothing. He was getting one for his life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even now, last
3: year, he had one of the worst offensive lines and one of the worst receiver groups. He found ways to close games and win and lead them to the playoffs and get a playoff win in year one of a new head coach, new coordinator, new GM. And he
0: got better at getting rid of the ball instead of taking Took the care sack. of the football. Not fumbling like the ball,
3: not throwing interceptions. I I can see improvement. I can see a young man that's turning into a man, a grown man in this league. Now he's got the money, and I love that. Today he didn't he didn't seem any different. He didn't seem any different. I think he said last night they celebrated. He, they went to dinner. He picked up the tab. So what? he's not He's not going to change up his routine now because he's rich. You're not going to see him go by a Beamer, Benz, and Bentley and, uh, you know, pop up in the news that he's out in the nightclubs. Like, he's going to go to work. That's the guy you pay. Yeah. I mean, I'd much rather have Jones than
0: Rodgers. I, I don't know what these guys are talking about. I don't know what he's going to do in New York with the Jets, and I really don't care. I'm not a Jets fan. But I respect them because they're in New York. I don't like the Dallas Cowboys, but they're a good team. But they're never going nowhere. They're never they going
3: anywhere. They made a ton of mistakes. I'm a Cowboys fan. It is mostly misery. Yeah, now they're talking about up. drafting a running back or a tight end in the first round. Draft a cornerback in this yeah, league with the you. Dallas Cowboys right now. I'm so pissed off because they're talking about how look, they tagged Saquon ten million. They tagged Josh Jacobs, the leading rusher. Oh, Two of the top yeah. backs in this league this are sense. playing under the, the tag. They're going to get
0: a quality receiver.
3: You're gonna go out and get. Oh God, I got cut off. No, you're still on. You're still on. I, but I, I'm, I'm oh. finishing my thought on the Cowboys. They had to tag their backup running back who broke his fibula in his last game. They used the tag on their other running back. They have the most expensive running back room in the NFL. Ezekiel Elliott's making sixteen million. Tony Pollard's making ten million. You have twenty six million dollars tied up in two running backs in a league where they tell you don't pay running backs, don't draft running backs high. Are you crazy? Yeah. We did a we number one pick on Barkley, right? Yeah, but you know what? I think that, that with, that's, with the with I'm the tag with on it. Barkley, Why is my he's gonna gonna go, going to go. No, you're still here. <laughs> with the tag on Barkley, they're oh, going to well, go back to the probably. negotiating table and revisit the offer that they gave him at $12 million for multiple years. There is no team in this NFL that is going to give up first-round picks for Saquon Barkley. He's got an injury history, and he's getting up there in age. He is the Giants guy the Giants can now revisit the 12 million that they offered him if they sweeten the pot a little bit more and they finesse and finagle that contract now you've got your quarterback and running back your two ca- captains signed and sealed for this next season onward
0: and if the both of them stay healthy for a couple of years I could see the Giants in the championship game in three years from now
3: the NFC is wide open even the NFC East big the NFC East, the Eagles, and I, I don't, I don't have time to really go, you know, deep into the Eagles. The Eagles, yeah, we're talking about the Giants.
1: The and, Eagles uh, are like, not
3: going to be a juggernaut, in my opinion. The Cowboys are going to be good, but the Cowboys are frauds every year. They fail. They, 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 the, the devil is in the details with them, right? They move on from Amari Cooper. They didn't want to pay Amari Cooper. Well, you, you needed another receiver. Dak tries to force the ball to CeeDee Lamb mm-hmm. every game. It doesn't work out. Right now, right. Eric Bieniemy decides to go to the Commanders. They don't have a quarterback over there. They, Dan, Daniel Snyder, that's a whole, a whole mess in D.C. The Giants have an opportunity to potentially win this division next year. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. It's not
0: next year, it's the year after.
3: Yeah. You know, stability. Stability. You Giants fans gonna... have not had stability over the last six years. Now they're about to have that.
0: Now, I'm not trying to compare uh, Jones to Mahomes, right? But if Daniel Jones was playing for the Chiefs, at quarterback, right now, I guarantee you he could get him to the championship game, too.
3: Um, thanks for the call, Richard. I'm a big Pat Mahomes guy. We're not about to do that. <laughs> like, I, I'm pumping up Daniel Jones, but we're not about to put him in Patrick Mahomes' place. <laughs> That's one of one. You know, if you heard me talk about Patrick Mahomes, it's like Jordan Love. The Packers drafted Jordan Love that year thinking, oh, he's the next Patrick Mahomes. There there is no other Patrick Mahomes. That guy did that on one leg. (laughs) He took him him to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl on one leg. I got a ton of respect for Daniel Jones. He is nowhere near the level of Pat Mahomes, in my opinion. And I'm not going to say that Daniel Jones could be plugged in on the Chiefs and get to the conference championship. There's some good teams in the AFC. Anyway, we got to take this break here. Yankees fans, tune in. Turn your radios up. We're going to bring in my guy, Ray Negron. And this guy is connected in the Yankees universe. What I'll say about Ray is I spotted him right away in the suites and legends at Yankees games and Yankees events. He's just one of those guys that has been around for a long time. The story with Ray is that when he was a kid, he was... You know, caught uh, putting some graffiti on Yankee Stadium. And George Steinbrenner, instead of getting him arrested and getting him in trouble, gave him a job as a bat boy. He was the bat boy for, uh, you know, those 70s Bronx Zoo teams, the back-to-back teams. He knows all those guys. I always run into him at the stadium with, like, Mickey Rivers and that crew. And uh, he he showed me love right away. So I'm glad to have him on. We're going to talk about his 50 years in baseball. And uh, him and I are both friends with the uh, Volpe family, and we can't wait for the Volpe era to start. So we'll talk a little bit Yankees baseball, Anthony Volpe, and some other things coming right up. Don't go anywhere. 877-337-6666. This is The Fan in New York. This is Keith McPherson. I'll be right back.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
2: Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
3: New York City. A little bit after 8:30 on the fan. Joining me right now, this guy is an author producer, inspirational speaker. He's just heavy connected in the Yankees universe. And he's been around George Steinbrenner, Thurman Munson, Lou Pinella, Gio Urshela, Harrison Bader, Anthony Volpe. Joining us right now is my friend Ray Negron. What's up, Ray?
6: My brother's so proud to be on your show.
3: Yeah, finally I got you on. We found a good time. And uh, thank you for joining us tonight. You're my only guest. And I feel like it's a perfect time with the Yankees in spring training and what judge had to say about Volpe today. We'll, we'll get all into that, but obviously we're celebrating this year, 50 years in baseball for you. I didn't even know you were 50 years old. You still look young.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for that. uh, I'm I'm very proud to survive the 50 years and uh, will always be proud to be a part of major league baseball and the New York Yankees.
3: Yes, sir. So, uh, let's talk about what you've been up to lately. I mean, you're always doing things, whether it's community things, events, meeting with the players. Uh, you, you do a good job on your platform. I appreciate the times that we've connected and you've taken some videos and posted me and shouted me out. What what have you been up to uh, this month, this new year?
6: Well, right now, being in spring training, uh, I, I go to all, a lot of the different programs that they have here in the Tampa Bay area because George Steinbrenner actually was so big on the youth programs There's a program down here called TASCO, which deals with youth uh, scenarios and, you know, getting the kids into the right uh, process as far as life is concerned. And uh, so I've been dealing with that. I actually brought Anthony Volpe down to huggins Stangle Fields to see the history of where the Yankees first started their spring training program down here in St. Petersburg. So he got to see – the spirits of Ruth and Garrick, DiMaggio, Mansell, so all the guys that uh, used to come down here for spring training. Uh, if you ever see the movie The Pride of the Yankees, you see Gary Cooper as Lou Garrick on that field. And I, Anthony being such a historian of the game because of his father, Michael, and his grandfather, Anthony Sr., they just uh, they taught this kid so well. Mm-hmm. And, and he is so... He's so taught about the aspect of Thurman Munson and all those Yankee greats.
3: Yeah, what I I love about Volpe is he's a Jersey kid like I am, and he's a Yankee fan like I am. He knows the history, and he has the chance to write some history of his own. Now, you are someone who's been around Willie Randolph when he was young, age 21, uh, Derek Jeter at age 21, and now you're around Volpe at 21 going on 22, What's the common denominator? What's the what's the one thing that you see in all these guys that have been Yankees greats?
6: You know with Willie Randolph. We actually started together with the Pittsburgh Pirate organization. Uh, uh, I played in the in that system uh, alongside Willie, and you could see there was something special about him. And so when. When I got released in 1970, after the 75 season, Willie got traded to the Yankees. So we went back to the Yankees together. And when we got there, George Steinbrenner just said, stay close to him. You know the Yankee way, help him. Mm hmm. And, and so in essence, Willie didn't need much help because he he was 21 going on 40 already. And the players used to like try to get on his case a little bit because he was so mature that they would try to bring him down. They used to call him teenager, you know? (laughs) And so the, then we had Derek Jeter some 20 – I mean, these guys come along every 20 years. You get that one guy like that. Because remember, Willie was a captain. He became the captain of the Yankees, you know. And then look, look, look at Derek, uh, Derek Jeter. George Steinbrenner told me, stay close to him. And the first three years, we were very close. The first two years, actually, we were very close. Everywhere I went, Jeter had to go and vice versa. And, you know, I used to go when we were on the road. I'd sit with him on the planes, everything. And I would tell him, talk to him about the Yankee way, et cetera, what have you. And George would check. How is the kid? Is he okay? What is he learning? He's not getting into trouble, is he? And, and, again, that was in Jeter. Jeter was very mature for his age, okay? And then now I've been fortunate enough that I got to meet Der- uh, uh, Anthony Volpe's father, Who's such a great guy, and, he, and such a Thurman Munson fan. And honestly speaking, I keep he was actually more excited about meeting me than meeting some of the players. And I, <laughs> I, you know, I was I was flattered by that. And the reason for that was because he knew how close I was to Thurman Munson. So he had all questions: How was Thurman? What kind of person was he? This was he that was he this? I mean, his license plate is Volpe fifteen that shows you how much he loved derman munson you know and his his son is uh you you know him i mean such a mm-hmm. mature young man such a nice young man and during the winter i i asked him to go to a couple of schools with me and and visit with the kids and i you know i always try to get them early because you know they, as they get older you know you they they become so big with the public that it's hard to get them to go to different places and all that. So I I like to feel that the the kids got to meet Anthony and the Anthony was great with them. We went to PS 55 in the Bronx where your, Mr. Steinbrenner used to go to. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful.
3: Yeah. Shout out to the uh, Thurman Munson hall of fame guys and the Italian American association, the baseball group that they have that, you know, we always run into each other at Yankee stadium in the suites and, uh, all of us chop it up, every homestand. I feel like we all kind of cross paths, and they've supported me. And from you know one captain to the next, I love the quotes that we heard today from Aaron Judge, the 16th captain. Aaron Judge came out, and bear with me, I'll read the full quote because a lot of people are just taking the, the small part that he said. But when he talked about Anthony Volpe, he said, I hadn't had a chance to see him a lot, but some of his IQ, the heads-up plays he made on defense – I think we were playing the Phillies at home earlier and a ball was hit to him. The guy runs to his face and instead of taking a normal play to first, he threw to third. He gets the lead runner. Little stuff like that. When I was his age, I'd be taking the safe play and I'd be a little more scared up there. He plays with confidence. He does the right thing. He plays very hard every single day. I'm excited to see more of him. It's tough to tell. Well, he's, he's asked, could he make the jump to the majors right now? And he goes on to say, it's tough to tell. I'm not a scout. I'm not a judge on that. It's funny, he is a judge, but I'm not a good judge on that. I think he's got all the makeup tools. He checks a lot of boxes defensively, offensively. He's a tough at bat. He's got the speed, which is a big factor now in the game. My thing has always been, if you're the best player, it shouldn't matter your age. You should be up helping the New York Yankees. doesn't matter if you're 19 or 41 years old. That's what Judge had to say today about Anthony Volpe. And if anybody had any questions about, like, What, you know, is going on in Tampa? Who's winning? Like, who's winning the shortstop competition? Anthony Volpe certainly not losing it.
6: Well, look, the one thing that the fans have to understand is we have to compliment the Yankee people that signed all of these good young players, all the scouts, uh, all the analytic people, whoever. Brian Cashman, I mean... They got some terrific crop of players over here. So it's not that you can just give the job to one guy or another guy. Hey, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm rooting for Volpe. That's my guy. I love him. He Mm -hmm. reminds me of the Yankees of yesteryear. He reminds me of Bucky Dent with power and speed, you know? But, you know, you... Big Yankees have some, ter- Peraza is terrific. And, you know, listen, Kainer Falafi did a nice job last year. You know, I mean, people, you know, are, are putting him down already. And that he did a very nice job for the Yankees last year, or else the Yankees would not have re-signed him. Uh, good enough, so,
3: I guess. A lot of people hate on IKF. I wasn't expecting him to come in here and be Jeter or Didi Gregorius. So, yeah, that's why he's, he's back, Ray. And uh, shout-out to Mr. Oppenheimer and the Yankees scouting. We We know, right, we know that – There's not enough room for everyone. It's already a crowded infield. And they're going to want Anthony Volpe to graduate from AAA. What I mean by that, they're going to start him in AAA, in my opinion. And he's going to go down there and have to crush it, kill it, which he already did at the end of the year. And I think if he does that, we could see him in a month or two. Injuries happen. um, Early season slumps happen. And I think Anthony Volpe has the chance to kind of force their hand by balling out for the Somerset Patriots.
6: Well, you know, uh, let's not forget if there's a situation where the Yankees need to make a trade because they need pitching help or situations like that, that, you could end up moving the second baseman that we have right now. And uh, uh, Volpe is athletic enough that he can can play anywhere. And you know that. And uh, so, hey, you know what? It's exciting to see this. It's a wonderful, exciting problem. to have you know and uh i I, i'm just i'm just excited for the fans but more importantly keith i'm excited for the little kids who are going to want to be anthony volpe who are going to want to wear 77 who are going to learn we got to get him out of that 77
3: that 77 still clint fraser for me they got to change his number when he actually does come up
6: Hey, Keith, you know what? When he makes his mark and people understand why he wears 77, because of his love of Mickey Mantle, hey, there's nothing wrong with trying to be Mickey Mantle twice.
3: Yeah, and we remember that uh, Clint Frazier famously wore 77 because he uh, jumped I, I'm, about
6: wearing I'm not going to remember seven. that. I'm yeah. going to remember the Mick.
3: <laughs> You're not going to remember uh, Clint Frazier's bat speed and uh, his errors in the outfield? I don't want to. Who? I don't wanna... who, who, who? Who are you
5: talking about?
3: His name is Jackson Fraser now. <laughs> hey, but anyway, what I'm excited about, you know, last week we saw a picture. Uh, I think the Yes Network did a little special on Anthony Volpe, and we saw a picture of a young Anthony Volpe with Derek Jeter. Unbelievable. And, um, Anthony talked about how his parents, you know, got the money together to send him to this camp where the Yankees were. And, man, that must have been some type of, like, changing of the guard or some type of uh, power transfer but I'm getting this kind of vibe right now, right? When when Jeter came up, he had Donnie Baseball. He had Don Mattingly as the captain. And uh, the whole core four and those guys, they talk about Don Mattingly kind of setting the example and you know, Jeter saying little things about, hey, uh, in spring training, hey, don't walk around here. We got to run. Like The boss is always watching. Like the Yankee way, you got to hustle. You got to run around. You got to be locked in. And now the Yankees have a captain, and Aaron Judge, who is the right kind of guy, plays the right way, says all the right things, and he can lead the way as a veteran for these young guys coming up like Volpe, Peraza, Oswaldo Cabrera.
6: This is why I got to compliment Hal Steinbrenner, uh, Brian Cashman, and Randy Levine from the standpoint of this whole captaincy thing. I, I, I didn't get it at first. You know, like, why do we need a captain right away, right away? But you know what? That's why I'm not running the team because it was a great move and the the respect that these players have for their captain is very similar to the respect that we had back in the seventies for Thurman Munson, you know, and, and I, I love that aspect of it. Listen, and keep, I'm not going to lie to you. There will never ever be another captain like Thurman Munson. If you knew him, you would understand what I'm saying. But but Aaron Judge is terrific. He's a terrific captain now, and he's going to be a terrific captain for a long time.
3: Can't wait for the season to start. Hey, Ray, thanks for joining us tonight. Enjoy it down there at spring training. You're going to be at opening
6: day, I assume? I will be at opening day. And listen, let me just say this, man. You're You're a wonderful ambassador to the game. Uh, the people, I, I listen to the people, and they love your show. It's a really refreshing show. You do it the right way. And, man, dude, thank you so much for bringing this show to New York.
3: Yeah, WFAN. Props to WFAN for bringing me to the airwaves. And thank you again, Ray, for joining us. I'll, I'll see you somewhere in the uh, suite level on opening day.
6: Thank you for acknowledging my 50 years in the game, brother. I res- I, I appreciate the respect.
3: Congrats. You're a legend, bro. Keep doing what you do. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that's my guy, Ray Negron. Go look him up. You've probably seen him around the Yankees universe at different events and games. I think he's well-respected and well-known in a lot of the circles that I'm fortunate enough to be in now. Uh, Now we'll shift the show to take more calls on Anthony Volpe, Aaron Judge, the New York Yankees. I think today Boone said something like they expect John Carlos Stanton to play the outfield 40 50, 60 times. That's a wide range. But we need to do that. We saw Oswaldo Cabrera play center field, make a great play today. Uh, I'm watching the game today. I saw a a ball drop in front of Judge, and I'm like, I put it on Twitter. I'm like, no matter who they put in left field, the ball is going to drop in no man's land. It is what it is. We saw it happen in the postseason, and we're still trying to figure things out. But what I feel is that the Yankees have a ton of talent, old, young, experienced, inexperienced, and this is the year that they got to bring it all together, pull it all together with the rule changes and the uh, schedule changes. And before things start getting too crazy where they shorten the season to like 140 games and realign and expand, the Yankees got to get back to a World Series. Let's take a break right here. Yankee fans, call me up at 877 337 6666. Keith McPherson on the fan. We'll be right back. Yeah, yeah. A little mass appeal on the fan. KM to AM. We got a quick little bit here before we break at the top of the hour. Programming alert. Team USA, the World Baseball Classic. It kicked off last night. And uh, if you follow baseball and the World Baseball Classic Instagram and Twitter like I do, you're seeing a lot of stuff about the different teams and players. And it was cool to see, like, the Dominican Republic team and the Puerto Rican team, you know, how they were eating, how they were coming together, coming together and And we got to see a little bit of like the media day stuff, the behind the scenes, the pictures with Team USA and their first time coming together to play a game. It's coming up right now at nine o'clock. It'll be on MLB Network. We're trying to get it on the TV in here. It's USA versus the San Francisco Giants. I think I saw earlier today Robinson Cano hit a home run against the Braves for the Dominican Republic team. I don't know, I love baseball. I love seeing these guys kind of step into, uh, you know, a different team, different roles and compete. Uh, I got my money on the DR, but if the United States can come together with Trout and Swarber and Mookie Betts and Tim Anderson and, you know, a bunch of other guys on that team, uh, I think they can compete as well. It's fun, man. The World Baseball Classic, I think it grows the game. I think it's exciting. I hope everyone stays healthy. And I know there's, you know, not too much excitement necessarily around spring training games because they're exhibition, but you know these are high-level competition games. Pete Alonzo said himself that he wanted to play because he feels like playing in these high-intensity uh, games will prepare him for October. They'll prepare him for uh, the postseason run. So World Baseball Classic is upon us, and uh, if you're looking for something to watch tonight, no Knicks, no Nets on, and we'll talk Knicks and Nets later in the night coming up on MLB Network. The United States will face the San Francisco Giants at nine PM. That's about six minutes from now. Let's see if we can sneak another couple calls in. Calvin is in Washington Heights. What's up, Calvin? You're on the fan.
7: Oh man, how you doing tonight? I'm excited for the World Baseball Classic. Good. It's like this is this is and I'm not saying because of my of, of my love for baseball. It's just I'm obviously rooting for the DR team. I am American born here, but obviously, um, from parents from the Dominican Republic and baseball is a religion over there. It's it's not a, a sport. It's a religion. So to see five of the top ten players playing one team, um, well, Jose Ramirez can't play, Cleveland and let him play. But to have all these guys in one team in that monster lineup, it's a dream team. And and people get excited to see that. It's like, wow, we can play and and then having them and hopefully the finals could be like USA and DR. I remember that matchup last time was incredible with Adam Jones doing that amazing catch Mm -hmm. and Nelson Cruz, great comeback. Miami's going to be fun and it's exciting for baseball because people see how the emotion goes. Baseball is not a boring sport when you play with emotion. So when you play with emotion, it becomes like a swag out, fun sport. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Of course I get (laughs) what you're saying. I'm just letting
3: you run with it until I weigh in. They were talking about, they were talking about the horns, right? And I've, Man, I was watching the Dominican Winter League on my phone on this like DR Sports app, like two two years ago, and I think I was watching Fernando Tatis and that team, and you know they got the Presidente advertisements everywhere, and the people are literally partying in the stands. They they they're playing music, they're beating drums, and the horns are going off because they're they're excited. They're keeping the energy up. And people on Twitter were like, oh, they got to ban the horns. This is so annoying. And I saw Adam Jones say something like, you guys are clearly not cultured. You're not well-versed on how they watch baseball and how they play baseball in other places. It does not it have to be quiet.
7: Game. It was the loudest baseball game. And it's exciting. And like I said, I want to see Juan Soto, Guerrero, Devers, Julio Rodriguez, Manny Machado. You got two of the top five. You got so many great players playing. Um, the only top, the only two top ten players that are not playing in this tournament, well, three of the top ten that are not playing, is Judge, Jose Ramirez, and Tatis Jr. Besides that, you got all the big boys playing. You got Otani playing. You got Manny Machado playing. You Paul got Juan Soto playing. You got Paul Goldschmidt. You got Otani. You have all the big – Sandy Alcantara, the best pitch in the game right yep. now, playing. You have every big – even the rookie of the year, studs like Julio Rodriguez is playing – yeah, how crazy is it, like, like they
3: have Devers and Machado on the same team. They both can't play third base at the same time. So. Oh, well,
7: Devers is going to be the DH, and and Peng is getting the start over Franco. Um, Pena mm-hmm. was supposed to be the backup for Tatis Jr., but it's exciting just for baseball, just in general. I'm excited for this tournament, and it's great for the sport, and it, it, it's amazing.
3: Awesome. Thanks Thank for you. the you call, have- Calvin. I, I also read somewhere that they're trying to not do back-to-back games with these guys, so they're trying to rotate guys. So it's not a lot of wear and tear on their bodies um, in spring training when they're supposed to be ready. I'm also keeping an eye on that Venezuelan team. Glaber Torres is on that team from the Yankees. Andre uh, Andres Jimenez, Luis Arise, who was the batting champ, just barely beat Judge out where Judge would have had the triple crown. Jose Altuve, uh, Miguel Cabrera, Salvador Perez. Like, there's a lot of talent in this World Baseball Classic. I know you might not care, but if you're a baseball fan, I think you should have some kind of interest in what's going on here and Uh, Go USA. Maybe Team USA can take it home. But like I said, I got my money on DR. They are stacked. They have the pitching. They have the bats. And uh, let the games begin. They began last night while I was on air, and another one is starting right now. Let's take this break right here. We'll break it down. We'll hit the update, and then we'll hit the phones, man. 877-337-6666. I want to hear from you. Call me up. Keith McPherson on the fan. I'll be
2: right back.